Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for preachers, teachers, and all of God's creatures. I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McNinch. This week we're bringing you Preaching Insights for March 21st, the fifth Sunday in Lent. Rachel's been tossing around some ideas for Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34 for us this week. So what do you have, Rachel? Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm kind of mad at myself this week, Tim. Oh, don't be mad at yourself. What's going on? Well, okay, so I saw that I was up for Jeremiah 31, and my first thought was, yes, great text. I'll have so Mm. much to say. Mm -hmm. And then, as I thought more about it, I realized this all felt like a little too familiar. Like maybe I'd thought about this text before, Hmm. or maybe I'd even recorded an episode on this text before. (laughs) Yeah. And sure enough, I checked back in our archives and there it was. It was the episode for October 20th, 2019. And uh, the reading for that Sunday was Jeremiah 31, 27 to 34. But I spent almost all of my time in verses 31 to 34. (laughs) So you stole your own thunder. Yes, exactly. So, dear listeners, if you'd like to find out more about my thoughts on what it means to have God's Torah inscribed on our hearts, then do a little search in our archives for October 20th, 2019, and you can hear me wax rhapsodic, which I'm sure I did that day because it was body imagery, and if we know one thing about Rachel right now, it's that she loves body imagery in the Bible, but it's about how God plows the divine words of love into Turrets, that's not the right word. Rivets into furrows Furrows. in our stone hearts. There we go. (laughs) That's a great image. Yeah, right. Took me a while to get there, but it's a good one. I wish we could talk about that today, but we're going to have to come at this Jeremiah text from a little bit different angle. All right. So what came up for me is I want to talk about the forgiveness piece. This word in Hebrew that's used for forgiveness is one that is exclusively divine forgiveness. I want to head a couple of things off at the past, though, because first of all, you might be thinking, seriously, I've been talking about forgiveness all month because <laughs> Lent, right? and I'm going to talk about forgiveness in two weeks because Easter. So mm-hmm, seriously? Mm-hmm. Or you might be thinking, do we really need to talk about this archaic idea of forgiveness? It's not what people are concerned about anymore. So Mm. hold with me here for just a minute and and see what you think about this idea by the end of our time together. Okay, first off, Tim, you remember the whole like covenant thing that happened in like the book of Exodus? (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, I think there's something in there about a covenant. Right. Yeah. So kind of important, kind of a big deal because God takes this motley crew of people who can't decide if they want to be God's people or if they want to run back into the arms of slavery in Egypt and God decides for them. God says, look, you will be my people. I will be your God. This is our covenant together. And we're going to spend the next 40 years figuring it out. And they do just that. They wander in the wilderness, following God's directions, learning to be God's people. And to a person, what happens to all of them, Tim? (laughs) They die in the desert. (laughs) Yes, they do. Exactly. None of them actually make it to the promised land, which is a whole nother podcast episode. But suffice it to say that when we get to Deuteronomy, we're at the end of the wilderness wandering time, and we still have a group of people that gather around Moses to hear his final sermon. And that's, of course, all of the kids, all of the descendants from the original Mm -hmm. wilderness Mm -hmm. wanderers. 
So, Tim, do you remember at the beginning of Deuteronomy in chapter 5 when Moses frames this whole covenant business? What does he say to those descendants of the original wilderness wanderers who are gathered around him? Yeah, yeah. He sort of treated them um, as if they were the ones that came out of Egypt, right? Like, um, this is the covenant that God made with us, with you. Yeah, exactly. Except it's actually even more drastic than that. I'm going to do a little bit of Hebrew here. The Hebrew of Deuteronomy 5 verse 3 reads like this. Lo et avotenu karat Adonai et habarit hazot. And roughly that's, it's not with our ancestors that the Lord God cut this covenant. Ki itanu anachnu ela fo hayom Kulanu chayim. It's just this word after word, this series of, of us's. It's, but with us, we ourselves, these mm-hmm. ones, here on this day, all of us living ones. It's <laughs> like this huge dramatic overemphasis that the covenant belongs to all of us who are right here, right now, today. Yeah, so emphatic. It's so emphatic. And I bring all of this up as context for the first verse of our pericope for today. I thought you might get to Jeremiah sometime. There we are. Now we're back. (laughs) Bring it around. So Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 32 reads like this. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors. Hmm. When I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband or their God, says the Lord. The covenant that Moses takes such pains to frame as this was not made with your ancestors, but was made with you here today now, is framed by God as made with their ancestors. Interesting. Yeah, there's something about this covenant that here in Jeremiah is now associated with something of the past. Okay, now, Mm. break, everybody. Hear me very clearly. This is not to say that the Sinai covenant in Jeremiah is done, or is null and void, or didn't work, or was something from the past that's no longer relevant. That's not what's going on here. What the text seems to be saying is that These people of Jeremiah's time, the ones gathered now, here, all of them living today, they need an experience of covenant. They have somehow lost the experience of covenant. And it needs to be one that goes deep inside their bodies, one that will make it so that when they open their mouths, without even trying, they will speak the words of the Lord. And what this covenant will be based on, verse 34 tells us, is forgiveness. Now again, don't go rushing to Jesus just quite yet. Just sit here, hover in this moment, 500 years before Jesus, where God looked at this broken, broken people who were besieged by an outside empire who could not keep the covenant of the God who loved them. And God decided 500 years before Jesus was born that these people needed an experience of God that was based on forgiveness. 500 years before Christ, 
God knew that the people needed a relationship based on forgiveness because we just keep messing up. What does it look like then to preach a sermon about relationship that is based on forgiveness? Hmm. What would it look like to ask folks how in their life forgiveness changes them? What would it look like in this divided country, in this divided time after a traumatic election to talk about forgiving your neighbor or your cousin or your aunt or your dad or your child who has said things in the past year that hurt you? What does it look like to live out of the confidence of God's forgiveness? And and how does that living change your relationship to those around you? Oh, that's such an interesting lens on this passage, because it's bringing this idea of forgiveness into present experience, right? Mm. I mean, in in relationships, I'm sure you've got some relationships where forgiveness is sort of taken for granted, perhaps, Mm. but there's something about experiencing forgiveness in the moment, in the present, Mm. that just brings those relationships to life. And, you know, I, I think I emphasize this so strongly because a lot of times what we hear in sermons is when God got to Jesus, God realized that people needed forgiveness and that Mm. the covenant needed to be based on forgiveness. And it's like, no, 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 friends. This is 500 years plus before Jesus was born, where God decides the way I relate to my people needs to be explicitly about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Well, that's such a cool take on this passage. And now our listeners have two episodes <laughs> on Jeremiah 31 to prompt their excellent sermons. Yeah, lucky them. It's me both times. Next time we should give you get, you get a shot at Jeremiah 31. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Remember that you can find all of those back episodes, including our past one on Jeremiah 31 in the archives on firstreadingpodcast.com. You can also find us on the Facebook where we post our episodes and have some space for interacting with each other. Until next time, I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Blessings on your preaching. Mm -hmm.